everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is episode number 34 of the live show. Me and Dan talk about my Ohio buck I killed uh, this week and get into a whole bunch of other stuff. We answered quite a few questions on this um, on this episode that is going to be relevant to kind of the upcoming weeks of deer season as gun season gets here. Um, it starts to get real cold and all that fun stuff. So you don't want to miss this one. But before we get into the episode, i got to thank a few of my partners, the first one being Hunting Beast Gear. If you haven't tried the Beast Stand and Sticks, you're really missing out. In my opinion, it is the best mobile setup you can have on the market. It's a one-size-fits-all kind of stand. You can put it in any tree you, you need to get into to kill one of those big, giant, hard-to-kill bucks. And for the size, it's definitely the uh, lightest option on the market. So... Go to huntingbeastgear.com and get you some beast gear. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to Lou over at Stealth Outdoors. Lou uh, decided that he wanted to support me on this hunt and kind of help pay for some of my expenses. So, huge shout out to Stealth Outdoors. If you guys haven't tried out Stealth Strips, you're really missing out. It's one of the best products on the market for silencing your gear. Um, it lasts forever and you will never be disappointed with stealth strips on any of your gear. I got it covering everything. I'm getting ready to, I think I'm going to stealth strip my uh, range finder. I noticed a couple of times my range finder kind of, uh, uh, you know, hit my safety harness buckle and stuff, made a little bit of noise. I'm going to take care of that, uh, this week. So go to stealthoutdoors.com and get you some stealth strip. Lou is the man. And finally, I got to tell you about something Exodus has going on. I just got word that their Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale is going to be the biggest sale of the year. Uh, last year, their sale closed uh, that time of year uh, within an hour. And I wanted to tell you to get on their website and sign up for their newsletter so you can be one of those first customers to get the deals that they're going to offer for Black Friday um, and Cyber Monday. So you don't want to miss these entire site-wide savings, including the new MMT Arrows, the uh, render Verizon 4G LTE cell camera and all their other trail camera accessories they have. They also have some really cool uh, like uh, shirts and stuff on their website, cool hats. So if you don't know about the Exodus Advantage, I'll just tell you these three things. It's a five-year no BS warranty, five-year theft and damage protection, and best in-class customer service. So head over to their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and sign up for their newsletter to get into some of the best savings of the year and support the folks that keep this show running. All right, uh, everybody, thanks for the support. Go over to the YouTube channel. It's in the description. Subscribe there, and let's get into the episode. How's it going, Dan? Good, good. We didn't uh, we didn't talk much about deer hunting before uh, the, we got on here, but uh, how's hunting been? It's been uh, actually pretty good for this time of year. You know, um, every time I go out, I have deer go by me, so can't argue with that. Yeah, it does seem like uh, the ruts, for lack of a better word, kind of like dragging on a little longer um, or something uh, this no, year. The, the activity seems better than normal. Yeah, you know what, what happens at the same time every year. I just think that maybe there's more daylight activity this year with the moon or weather or whatever. But yeah, it's been pretty good. I mean, they've been moving a lot midday, and I mean for like a month straight. It's been, it's been yeah. Pretty good. Yep. 
Um, it's been, well, it seems like it's been since the first of November, at least here, it's been cold, you know, cooler and whatnot. So pretty much since you guys left uh, Indiana, <laughs> uh, but people, uh, gun season started here in Indiana Saturday and there was a lot of people that knocked, knocked a bunch of them down. And, uh, we also got a bunch of snow on Saturday here, which is very uncommon in Indiana to have snow on the ground during opening day gun. Mm. Not so much, not probably not uncommon for you guys, but it got snow now. Yeah. How much? Just the dusting, but it's enough. It's enough. It's going to get people into, uh, into the swamps and stuff. Yeah. No snow, they don't go in as deep. You guys are going to do some deer drive Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do a little sitting, a little driving. You said like opening morning ever? Yeah, I'm going to be out for the first hour. Yeah. I'm not going to stay out much longer than that because we, we want to get the pushes done. If we don't uh, push the stuff we want to push, somebody will get into it. Yeah. I Yeah, I've I noticed on your guys' videos or whatever you got – um, you mentioned that before. Just have to deer driving is getting is it getting more popular or less popular there? Um, it went away for a while, and we just kept doing it. Um, and now a lot of local people do it, and some of the younger guys that uh, watch the show tend to end up in the same spots as me. Like they watch what we do and drive the same spots. So I try to yeah. be first one through them. Yeah, you'll have that. I got some we new don't... spots I want to try too. I always do. You know, the it's usually right. if you get something really big on a drive, it's usually some spots you never dro drove before. Yeah, they don't get you guys keep... going to those escape spots, you know, and and uh, and living where you drive. Yeah, last uh, several years though, the drives have been a little bit slower than they used to be, right? Absolutely. Around you guys. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe this year a change. The actual like, hunting ain't so bad. If you go out and you actually sit, you do pretty good. But the trouble is, uh, you know, I love the driving with the guys. I mean, it's like, um, you know, it's relatives and stuff and friends and stuff that you really only see at that time of the year. Right. You know, so it's kind of a fun thing. But uh, since Dave died, I'm trying to push back a little bit and do a little more sitting, but I still want to do some drives. The trouble with that is, is if you sit in the morning and you sit in the evening, the days are so short this time of the year. You, uh, you, you do a couple of drives and you, you got to leave right away. Right. Yeah. We, we used to do a lot of deer drives when I was younger and nobody does them anymore around here, or at least not the group that we used to do it with. A couple of them passed away and, um, yeah, just slowly started to fade out. I think it's going to pick up a little now because, uh, there seems to be, getting to be a lot more deer around here. Yeah. I, I would say like in a couple of years, there's really going to be a lot of big bucks around because there's so many year and a half old bucks around right now. I've never seen so many. Was your guys' downturn just from all this CWD stuff that kind of went through a yeah, number well, of years they, ago? What they did was they uh, forced killing, you know, they, yeah, with the earn a buck and stuff like that. And they uh, knocked the population way down. So uh, the hunting here used to be world-class before they did that, um, right around my area. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, and then they got it down to really, really low numbers, and now it's coming back. Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they're trying to figure out ways to, 
take care of that. They're already giving us four doe tags with, you know, if you buy a with gun, a tag. full license, yeah. Yeah. Indiana seems to be doing the opposite. They got rid of our late doe season this year. and Oh, well, um, you could use a lot more deer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Honestly, I don't, I don't know why they ever put that doe season in place. It seemed, it seemed unnecessary. But, um. I don't know because we never had like a just deer running everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year seemed yeah. to be like there was quite a few deer. There's a big difference when I went down by uh, hunting by you when I go down there versus up here. I mean, there's certain certain areas like if you get on a farm that's got crops or something, you're gonna you're gonna run into deer no matter what. But right. When you go into the public land, you gotta check spots. I mean, like I had spots pinned from last year and stuff that I thought were gonna be really good. And you get in there and there's no sign. And it's like, holy crap, there's deer in here last year. And you don't find that up here. I mean, if it holds deer one year, it'll hold deer every year, you know. Might yeah. not be what you're looking for, but it'll hold deer, you know. It seems yeah. like there's like pockets of deer um where they're at. Right. Yeah, it's not I've I've said this before, but it's like not not uncommon for me to go, you know, five or six sits and not see a, a deer here in Indiana, especially, you know, bounce around the hills and whatnot. But you know, a um, lot of guys think they got it bad here until they go and they visit other places. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I have it bad at all. I mean, we got, I only need to see one good deer a year, you know, <laughs> I don't have to see. Right, well, that's what deer. you do have going is, I mean, you yeah. got a quality age class. I mean, yeah. If you see a buck, I mean, there's, there's a good chance it's a older buck. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you very rarely see like, you know, three or four year and a half old deer in a sit you know you may see one straggling through here and there but um i don't know there always seems to be some nice ones running around so it's just not a place that you can sit and see 20 or 30 deer in a night like some some places yeah um anyway what else been going on have you had as far as your uh have you seen any shooters lately uh they're starting to get a little more rare um Cameras are dying down. It's more the young stuff running around now. Um, the bigger ones uh, disappeared off of Dave's farm. Um, uh, so not really. I've seen sign of them, though. They're around. Um, yeah. But they're not as uh, active as what they were. But uh, I don't know. Eric uh, Eric told me he launched it one day and missed it. Yeah. Something happened. He hit brush or something and missed it. But uh, he had a good one yeah, and he saw a good one, uh, I think yesterday too. Yeah, oh, he seems like he's on one. Yeah, so he's, on. he's been on some action. They're still out there running around. I mean, uh... yeah, you put up a video uh, this evening or whatever uh, on the channel about rut hunting. Essentially, um, I didn't get through all of it, but I got through a decent amount of it. You want to talk about it for a little bit? Sure. Just. Uh, before we get into my buck. Sure. You know, a lot of people have been asking me for uh, more uh, rut videos. And uh, what has happened with the uh, rut videos is uh, either I'm tagged out, hunting out of state, or I'm uh, uh, so busy hunting that I never get anything out. And then we got to yeah. just get Josh to go kill some stuff and put some videos up. <laughs> but uh, this year I really worked hard to get the. Uh, get a rut video up so it's kind of a collage of uh 
hunts and what i did is i wanted to show the timing of how quick a buck is in and out you, you know when you when you locate a buck how fast you got to jump on that um and it really is kind of a you know for me rut is more about hopping around where the does are um i think the uh funnels can be hit and miss i mean you can get a buck that's the one day of the year he just goes off crazy running around all over the place and that happens um you even see it on the cameras you'll see a buck just comes through one day there's a monster just comes through he hits all your cameras in one day and then you never see him again mm-hmm. but for the most part to get on them consistently you got to get on them where they go into like doe groups in, in my opinion you know so i was kind of monitoring does and uh when bucks would show up moving in and uh, a buck would show up and be in there from anywhere from one day to about five days and uh i would jump in and go after him and i, I kind of went through what bucks i was going after and uh how it worked out and kind of went through the rut i think it's a good video shows the timing and stuff it's a good learning video yeah yeah from what i uh watched of it, it had a lot of good information i got through about half of it so uh yep unfortunately that time of the year is coming to an end soon there was a there's <laughs> another good video on uh on the site too uh some josh kid put it up there <laughs> oh yeah we could talk about that now uh, <laughs> it, it seemed to me like you went down to ohio and you uh you kind of like uh went to the worst area you could find in the woods where while it was pouring and did the whole uh you know let's show me working a little bit then <laughs> yawned a little and not killed one. Yeah, so something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, before we get into it, I didn't give give my spill. Like, if you guys are on the new to the channel, you just leave your questions in the comments or the chat there, um, and me and Dan will get to them later if we have time. And then I also uh, will throw a link to call in if you want to get on here and talk to us or ask some questions uh, during the Q and A. So just be looking for that link if I forget it like start putting it in the chat and something and i'll i'll remember then if you remind me also like the video and make a comment uh if you're watching this after it's not live anymore so that helps um and subscribe numbers are keep climbing so i gotta do some kind of giveaway or something for when i hit ten thousand subscribers you which is be, gonna be soon be climbing pretty fast now with all that's going on with these uh bucks dying like crazy yeah do you yeah. remember a time about uh i don't know a year ago or so when everybody was making comments under our videos that uh, <laughs> with this josh guy we want more dan <laughs> <laughs> i know and it's like i mean last year i think i had this is dan guy we want more josh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and last year i think i had oh, whatever i had like five different kills on the channel last year if you count like hogs and deer and a turkey but it just takes a while to to gain a little bit of a trust from people which is fine yeah yeah. Uh, it's understandable today you know yeah yeah for sure um oh and something else if you guys go on last week's show i mentioned giving a giveaway for people that commented on that show and i picked a layman survival which i I commented underneath his comment uh, to email me. So if you're on here, layman's survival, shoot me an email. He should get a notification on his YouTube, but I'll do those from time to time, give some stuff away and uh, whatnot. So anyway, Ohio. 
Yeah, I uh, so I went down to Ohio in October, actually, which I didn't do a video on it because it was literally like two days and I was just scouting around. Not much happening down there. Uh, it was super hot. It was like 84 degrees one day. Um, and I just finally decided while I was down there, I'm like, I'm just going to scout and then come back in November. And that's what I did. So actually that first spot I, I, you guys saw me in, in the video that I was getting just pounded with rain on, um, is the spot I scouted out in October in Ohio. And it's a good, it's a good spot. And I, I'm to be truthful with you. I probably shot the buck. I ended up killing only about 80 yards from there. It's not very far from there. It was just, uh, Essentially, I was sitting in, a, in the middle of the clear cut uh, in that spot. I was on the outside of the clear cut when I shot my buck. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the rain was horrible. And it was it was forecasted to be kind of spotty and, and whatnot. And it was not spotty. It just poured the whole time. Like, I thought I was going to have little pockets of a few hours where it wouldn't rain. I'm like, man, that'll be good. And it wasn't. It just, it just dumped on me the whole time. I never, the ones that I didn't get my camera out, I just used my little GoPro that's waterproof. It was so bad. Um, and then that, the second morning I, I went back in there and sat in that same general area and in Ohio, you can leave stands up overnight. And I, uh, I just left my stand in there. And, um, again, it was like the forecast was like, it's not going to rain till 11. I'm like, Oh, that'll be good. You know, and, and it just poured all morning again on me. Um, and then I got so wet. I mean, I was so, even my bibs and everything were just, I was, my, everything was soaked. So I'm like, I can't, it was whatever, 35 degrees. I'm like, I got to go get changed and put some warm clothes on before the evening. And I was walking out and, uh, uh, down this old road that's cut back into the, the public that you walk in and out of their place on. I, uh, there was some rubs on along the edge of it and they're, they're pretty fresh and big. Like I didn't notice them the day before. So either I, you know, I may have just not noticed them, but I, I felt like I would have. Um, and, and when I was walking out, I noticed, I noticed these rubs. Um, so I stopped and got, I looked on a map there and I could, I could see the point that went out, um, where, you know, where these kind of the direction those rubs were coming from. I'm like, oh, I bet them deer are bedding on that point. Um, <clears throat> and I, I, uh, kind of scouted my way backwards and found a pretty good idea of where I thought the bucks would be coming from. And there, you know, the, you could tell the does were using like the top of the ridge. Um, there's a whole bunch of tracks and, and a good trail on the top of the ridge. And, the, but, but down the, uh, down the ridge, there was a military crest and there was just rubs all down through that military crest where those bucks were essentially coming around that point and then meeting those does or checking those does there. Um, pretty close to that rut, that road, uh, where the, where the ridge kind of ran to. Uh, so that evening I sat on that military crest and I had a freaking nice one come in that evening. Um, I, I probably got set up at like 1 PM and he came through at like three 30 and he was coming right to me. Like he was at 30 yards. I was just going to let him come in. Like he was just, just kind of mingling his way like they do this time of year, you know, just kind of, mingling his way towards me and he just kind of locked his brakes up and just turned around and walked the other way. Like didn't really, didn't really spook, didn't really do anything. Just, he decided to turn back around and go back where he came from. Um, I don't know if my thermals were doing something weird or I, I don't know. I could never get, I could never get my milkweed to go up that way, but, um, 
you know, how they do sometimes they just decide something's not right. And he turned around. Um, but yeah, he was at 30 yards whenever he stopped. And I was like, gosh, um, but that, that buck was probably bigger than the one I ended up shooting, honestly. Um, from what I could tell, you know, it's when you're, it's happened in the moment and whatnot. It may have been a, may have, may have not been, but, um, anyways, another buck came through later too that evening, like a hundred inch eight pointer, which was, you know, a decent deer, just a young deer. But, um, so that area, I ended up sitting there for three more sits, like a morning hunt and then another evening hunt and then another morning hunt. I was jumping around the whole time though. I didn't, I never sat in the same tree really. Um, cause like in the mornings I would try to get a little bit above the trail where my thermals would be rising. And then the evenings I'd kind of move down a little bit and just wherever the wind was, uh, kind of shifting back and forth. So, but I saw like eight different bucks, uh, come through there. But never, never one of them was the only one that was a shooter was that very first one that came through, um, which I almost never set in an area four times in a row. But I just kept seeing bucks come through, and I think there was some does living in that area that must have been, um, you know, coming in or something because there were just bucks everywhere. Different bucks or the same bucks over and over again? No, there was, uh, there was, it was, they were all different ones. Um, I think total that week or those, those three days I was there, I probably saw, um, I saw three shooters and then I saw, um, I think eight, eight different bucks, eight different small bucks. Um, anyway, and I didn't, I didn't like, I had a lot of footage during those, uh, those th three other sits, but they were just of dinks. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, nothing real exciting happened. It was essentially just dinks running around, like coming through those little like funnel I was in. Yeah, exactly. So I just kind of did a little montage of the bucks and went on to the, right. the, the good day. <laughs> um, but anyways, that Monday, which would have been the third day I was there. Um, I decided that after my morning sit to get down and I'm like, I'm done with this spot. Uh, I'm going to go scout around. And I just went, uh, there's a big clear cut in this, uh, on this piece of private. And I was on the, I wasn't on the clear, I wasn't on the clear cut where I was sitting, but I was on the east side of it, just down the, uh, down the way a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to get to the west side of that clear cut because we had an east wind that day. Um, and I was walking around. It's a really long walk to get around the clear cut. And as I'm walking along, I, uh, I walk up on like a small buck, another one of those like year and a half old dinks. And he let me walk within 30 yards of him. And then he finally ran off and, um, the clear cuts up on a ridge on top of a ridge and it kind of wraps around down the ridge a little bit. Um, and I went, I went down into the valley and I was walking up to go up to that clear cut and I had a pin right where I was, you know, I was going to walk to and that, uh, the hardwoods actually like made a point into the clear cut. And that's where I'm like, oh, that looks like it'd be a good spot to at least go scout out. Kind of like you see a point in a marsh, same mm -hmm. thing. And uh, I was walking up to that clear cut on that point, And I look up and like 50 yards in front of me, there's a really nice buck walking, like with the butt towards me, walking up the ridge. And he was like acting. I like got down real quick, got arrow on my, my bow. And he's acting super weird like real nervous looking. And I kind of thought maybe he had saw me, you know, or something. 
And then all of a sudden, like all hell breaks loose and this just a massive buck runs out of that clear cut and runs that buck down towards me. And this has all happened like 30 yards from me, 30 to 50 yards the whole time. Um, and that the smaller of the two, he, he runs down the ridge. Like I'm like facing this way. I'm watching it all happen up here. And he runs down to my left about even with me on the ridge. And the that big one stays, you know, I can't shoot any of this cause there's too much crap in the way, but um, he just turns the big one turns around and goes back up into the clear cut. And then as soon as that, big one got out of sight that little one just ran back or i call it a little one it was a big buck still but he ran back up in the clear cut with him uh like he wouldn't leave him he wouldn't leave him alone so i'm assuming that big buck had a doe up there in that clear cut somewhere you know yeah. he he didn't want that other buck in there really so i just walked up i kind of snuck up to uh where they went in to the clear cut and got in a, a tree and this is like noon at this particular point in time. And I, I got in the tree and, um, uh, then about three o'clock, the, the smaller of the two <laughs> came out of the, the clear cut there. And that was the one I shot. Um, pretty much came right out the same way he went up in, into there. Uh, and that was it. That was it for the hunt. So I, uh, I wrestled in my mind about, cause I saw the big buck. I mean, the big buck was a big buck. I don't know what, how big he was, but he was significantly bigger than the one I shot. And I wrestled in my mind about like, should I wait and not shoot anything other than that big one? Cause I'm like, I'd been happy with the deer I shot, you know, if, if you wouldn't have told me that that buck was in there. Mm -hmm. um, and finally I just made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to shoot him because like, I've already like had a shooter come by and didn't close the deal on him. And I'm like, you typically don't get two of them to come by in a hunt. You know, it's like, I'm like, if I get a chance at him, I'm going to shoot him. And I, and he did, he came out and shot. But anyway, after I shot him, I thought I hit him pretty good. You know, I was like, all right, cool. Uh, and I got down, couldn't find my arrow. And, uh, I looked down the trail where he went and I could see my arrow land down there. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And I, I went over there and I literally got like six inches of penetration in him. And I'm like, what the heck, you know? Um, and now I'm, I'm like kind of dumbfounded or, or I don't know what's going on. No blood, nothing. Um, I couldn't really tell on the little screen on the, on the camera, you know, Dan, like I couldn't yep. really see exactly what was going on with the shot. Um, so I stuck the arrow right there where I, where it was laying and I, uh, I went and put my stand together and got everything packed up. And I was, I was like, I'm going to go get that arrow. No reason for me to leave it in the woods here. And I went and grabbed the arrow and I, I looked down in the valley or in the bottom and there's a buck standing down there. And I, I just saw him for a split second. I could just tell it was a buck. And then it ran up, it ran up the other side of the valley. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, I'm like, he's alive and well, like that deer, um, that deer's alive. That was my buck. But in, in my mind, I'm like, he looked kind of small. Um, but it happened so quick. I couldn't really tell. So I, I probably didn't, I don't think I said this in the video, but I, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go down there where that buck was standing and see if there's any blood or anything. And, uh, there wasn't nothing to be found. Like, I'm like, ah, frick, he's alive. Like I didn't, I know what happened, but I didn't, didn't get enough arrow in him. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to just sneak out of here, uh, through this bottom to get back to the truck. Cause I just thought my buck was had ran up the valley, you know, ran up the other side of the ridge and was on, you know, probably down the other valley. And, 
I walked like 50 yards and I, and I come, um, out of the Creek and I looked to my right and he's, my buck's laying there dead. So, and I'd actually gotten in enough to pop both lungs. Like both lungs were deflated inside of him when I gutted him. Um, doesn't so take I, a lot from broadside. No. Through one lung into the other. Right. To the heart. Uh, but I never really found blood or nothing. I mean, he just, I hit him just high enough, I think, where it didn't. And he, he ran down that, I mean, he ran downhill 100 yards and died. I mean, they get, where they can you, get. Where'd your arrow hit? Um, I would say, like, if you would, if I, if I had, like, put a dot on a deer, it'd be like, if you were in the, the center of the deer up and down wise, it was right behind the shoulder and maybe three inches above center. So, so that like high, high lug right through him, right? I'd have thought so. I didn't, you know, I don't know what happened, honestly. Um, sounds like the arrow did something where it broke and that stopped momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, kind of what happened to me on the spine shot. Yeah. But I got lucky in it. And I was, uh, the arrow, it was kind of weird. Like the arrow was just like loose in his crap. And so like it, when he was running, it must've just shredded all kinds of stuff. Cause it was pretty nasty with that broadhead in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what, uh, he, it had like, I don't know, the broadhead, the arrow, if you can imagine it was like any, like almost like this, like almost straight up and down. And it, it was like kind of in the top of the, the heart, not, not in it, but it was, it was cutting all that crap whenever he was running, which he wasn't going to make it with both his lungs deflated. But, um, yeah, when I, when I gutted him, it, the arrow just came out with the, or the end of the arrow just came out with the, the good stuff in there. It was weird. Yeah. But, you think uh, that would have zipped right through him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought too. And that's why it took me, I mean, I look for my arrow for like an hour around my shot. Cause I'm like, it has to be here. Like there's no way it did not go through that deer. Um, and it, uh, I did order some lighted knocks today. So, uh, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to adopt that tool. Shoot with it's them good. because, uh, one of my, yeah, boards, they, they shoot really well on and the other one, it throws my arrows off. Yeah. I need to make sure the knock fit and all that stuff's good on them and, not too tight or anything, but I'll, yeah, I'll do all that. What brand did um, you get? Hmm. Whatever one everybody recommended to me. I can't remember what it was called now. I'd have to look, I'd have to look. What kind of, do you, what kind of would you, do you like? I used the, I used the uh, other ones. Uh, they throw my arrows off. Yeah. They got a whole bunch of them out now. Not a bunch of them, but there's I know, a lot of them. I, yeah. I should, that's why I didn't name the other ones because I don't even know what brand they are, but I used yeah, a couple and the only one that really worked well for me was Luminoc, but I didn't try them all, so I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's, I think even this year they came, there's a few more people, a few more companies that make them now that are, I just got some that had really good reviews, is what I uh, picked out. Uh, it may have been, it may have, it may have been Luminoc, Dan. I can't remember. I'm so freaking uh, blind. I need uh, lit arrows. They, yeah. Like, uh, fluorescent light bulbs that fly through the air. Yeah. And I've always, I've never, I've never actually shot, uh, uh, lighted knocks ever um really but, yeah and i i don't know why i just for to me it was like a i don't know i just never have i'm well, gonna start you, you know it's really just for video anyways because when you when you're shooting a bow even with my bad eyesight i can look i can watch the arrow where it hits yeah because you're looking down the arrow in flight um yeah and you, generally you have uh light colored uh fletching anyway so you see it 
fly, yeah. especially even a white knock, just the knock itself. You can the, see it fly because you're looking down the arrow. If you were watching from the side as somebody else shoots, you wouldn't see it. Right. When you're looking down that arrow as you release, you see that shot for, fairly well. At least I do, unless it's you know real low light or something. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that'll be most useful is to be like when you're, and this is probably very specific to me and you, but like whenever you review footage in the tree, I can actually see where the dang thing hits because that right. little screen you can't see anything on it. Uh, right. Not that that much detail. Um, but yeah, I did get some today. So I had some Cabela's points I used to get some. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, and I then uh, I I gutted him and pulled him away from the, the gut pile and uh, put my coats over him and packed him out the next day. So, um, so did you get any um, heat for the coat thing? Oh yeah, because uh, yeah. You, you know, um, years ago I I started doing that, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it made a huge difference. Um, coyotes don't want to go any, near anything that smells like people. You know, you put a especially like what I would do is uh, take my undershirt off and put my undershirt over them because mm. all your sweat, you know. Yeah, and uh, I actually had. Uh, a deer in snow one time and the coyotes circled it and I had done that and didn't take it. But you know, um, when you're hunting alone and you're back a mile or so, yeah. further, you can't always get those deer out the same night. That's just no, a lot. And, it's a lot. Well, it is. You gotta get and your I was... back. You got to get your equipment back and a deer. And it, yep. it's, you know, having those little tricks up your uh, sleeve that can stop a coyote from eating it. It's not a bad thing. No, even one of those little hand winches, like we had when we pulled your deer up in uh, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. so small it could fit in a pack or something. You could use that to get a deer up elevated. Yep. Just hang him up. Coat works just fine. Yeah, I never had one mess with it with a coat, and I literally had him covered. Like I had two coat. I had I taken off. A, I had a vest and a coat on, and I literally took I took the vest off and the coat and and covered him up, and um, I never had any any issues with them messing with them. I mean, I haven't I've never, left them. I've never had a mess with one that I had covered with a coat. I've, I heard of one person that did. We must've just ran into a really hungry coyote or something, but <laughs> right. um, I've had them circle it and not touch it, but I've, I've had them eat several deer on me that uh, I didn't find the same night or eat them before I find them the same night. Mm -hmm. I've never had them eat them when I put a coat on it. I do yeah. think uh, what you did about dragging it away from the gut pile is important too, though. Right. Yeah. And if you, I think if I think give them something to eat, you know, and you know, if they, they can find that where there's no human sign or no human coat laying on top of it, you know, they're more apt to eat that and get their belly full and then move on, you know, um, then sit there and eat your deer. But I knew I was going to get slack for it. I even had in the video, I filmed this, I even said something like, along the lines of, uh, you know, you, I know some people are going to come out of their mom's basement and tell me this is the wrong thing to do and all this, but, uh, I left that out cause I thought it was a little inappropriate or whatever you want to say <laughs> hard on people. Uh, you're too good but, of a guy, Josh, the old bitter <laughs> like me, will put that stuff right in there. Don't get your undies in a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. And I, I, I said in the video, I didn't, I, 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 you know, I'll happen to, I'll, I'll be 
it'll be late when I get back in here. I'll be working with the headlamp. I'm by myself, no cell phone service. I'll cut my hand with something stupid because I'm, you know, I said, it'd just be better if I get here in the morning and, and have daylight and I got all the time in the world to get him out. Um, yeah. Someone saying uh, in the comments that don't put a scent lock suit on it because they won't smell that. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably going to get those comments the rest of the yeah, iteration of a uh, fan who's a cop uh, sent me a message. He had some videos. He can't share them because of law enforcement, whatever. But yeah. uh, um, he's a canine cop, and he was uh, finding drugs, and the drug drug smugglers are starting to uh, wrap the drugs up in scent lock. Really? Yep. It's not working. <laughs> oh. Dogs are still fine. Did it. you make that up, wrapped, or did you? No, really, seriously? Oh, okay. Wrapped up in scent lock material and taped up, and they think they're going to get away with it. But the, the dogs still find it. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I've heard them putting in coffee and all kinds of crap, you know. But I mm -hmm. thought that that was hilarious that they're smart enough to try scent lock. It must be actually hunting smugglers, right? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I uh, that uh, I was a little bit nervous going into Ohio because people were really complaining about the EHD issues over there this year. Like, I guess a lot of areas got smashed with EHD, and I I saw more deer in Ohio than I did Indiana by a long shot when I was in there. So, um, I think it's spotty where you go in in uh, Ohio. Yeah, it's it deer is. where I went. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I just got lucky and bumped into an area where there's some does coming in, you know. Um, but it's it was like cool. Talks about, you know, is Ohio better or Iowa or Indiana or, mm -hmm. you know, they're all better. It's a matter of being on the right property at the right time. Yeah. Got a good spot or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I was better or not. I hope I f f find out next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, I was on deer the whole time. The, I think the biggest thing. It's kind of like you though. It's like a timing thing. Like I was just there in the, on the right, the right uh, weekend essentially. Um, and there was quite a few people hunting. Like I saw a lot of hunters on the roads and around me and everything else. I mean, nobody was hunting right there in that particular area you know i we weren't hunting together or anything but there was a lot of people out and about so um it it was good there's some there's some strange uh characters around that neck of the woods down there and in, in ohio there's some strange characters in indiana too i got yeah by the kentucky yeah. border and holy crap there's yeah um drug beggars and all kinds of yeah. stuff and you're yeah. not even in the city I mean, it was like, wow. Yeah. I had some uh, uh, woman, some uh, big giant woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she was a large girl. She uh, approached my vehicle at a stoplight when I was down uh, near the Kentucky border down there. And she had this big cardboard sign in her hand that said, uh, my husband is sick. I can't. I, I can use anything you can give me. We need money. We need food. We need this. We need that. Right. And I so much wanted to pick up my phone and take a picture of her because of the background. There's like three restaurants behind her. And every one of them had a big help wanted sign. 
Don't you just stand out there with that sign all day, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, she must be doing yeah. okay because uh, she looked like she ate well. <laughs> wasn't too hungry, huh? No, she wasn't hungry. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never got bothered by anybody, though, but a few few people, uh, I don't know if I wanted to go knock on their doors and ask for help. Um, and I got some, you know, friends that have hunted around that area before and they kind of told me like, ah, you know, some of the, some of the roads don't, you know, don't, uh, I wouldn't like spend a lot of time messing around in these certain roads and whatnot. So I don't know. Where I hunted in Ohio, the people were kind of mean and rude and like made you know that they didn't like the fact that you're coming there to hunt their deer. And oh, really? Anna, I saw the complete opposite where people were real friendly and be like, oh, you're here for the weekend just to hunt deer? Let me tell yeah. you one of my spots. This is my best spot. I won't <laughs> hunt there because I know you're in here hunting. Like, you don't even know me. And one guy wanted me to stay at his house. He didn't, he didn't even know my name. <laughs> yeah. Like, Man, if you're, you can't stay in a tent. You have to, you know. Yeah. I, I got a back room. My wife can make me breakfast. You don't have to go to a restaurant or anything. I don't even know this guy. It's called Huger Hospitality. It's what yeah, it's yeah. a thing. It's a thing, uh, Dan. I it's see like that. we're all, we're all obligated to like put up people and cook them dinner every night. Ohio serial killers <laughs> and Huger Hospitality. Uh, yeah, I never. I mean, I shouldn't say anything. I never got to, the motel I was in was a little bit shady, but for fifty dollars a night, whatever. Um, I do like staying in a motel instead of a like a hotel for hunting because you can back right up to the door and just unload your crap and not have to go through a hang the, hang the deer from the chandelier and skin it yeah out. yeah 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 oh uh, it was pretty nasty though but i wouldn't like one i wouldn't have let my or my wife or whatever wouldn't have i wouldn't have picked it if she was with me or something but uh so you're, you're like uh now you're making all this money off all these videos and stuff you don't even have to be in a tent no more <laughs> What happened to the old camping thing? Uh, yeah, and I, I just when it was eighty five. I would have hunted when it was eighty five. Me and Maddie, me and Maddie like warm weather. You're the one that likes the cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I I also I bought me a truck uh, a few weeks back, so I didn't. I had it instead of my Honda. I was was sleeping in the back of the Honda whenever I would go places. But um, yeah, I don't know. When you're by yourself, camping's kind of a lot you know it's a lot I kind of, of like i like kind of like motels i just like to be able to take a shower and yeah and just yeah. And, walk in and, the door and fall on a bed and fall asleep mm -hmm. because i'm so tired at the end of the day of just pounding it you know yeah for sure and you don't have to worry about you know rain or packing your i mean it was yeah, you come it, back soaked or whatever you got a dry place to be you don't have to worry about your firewood and everything yeah else. and really anymore, pretty hard yeah and anymore like uh, tent size and stuff. Some of them aren't that cheap anymore. And then, uh, um, and on top of that, like, um, around, around that area, at least there was, there was not, nothing with real good amenities and, and camping is like real popular anymore. And if you don't book this stuff ahead, a lot of times they're booked up. Um, but anyways, yeah, I stayed in a $50 Royal Inn, so it was fine. The town I was in is kind of rough, but, um, whatever fun times i'd stay there again so now you uh you're gonna get maddie a deer you're gonna help her or what you're gonna film her i want to yeah see, i want to see maddie shoot a deer on film again we we've been we, 
we have been going uh, before I went to Ohio, but um, she said she'd probably go a couple more times. She's just not real big fan of the real cold weather. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Mm. I don't know. There's, there's still deer moving around here. I haven't, I got a picture of a pretty nice one the other day uh, on s- Sunday, I guess. So no, it was, it was maybe Monday. I can't remember, but pretty nice one. That she the shot. Mm. Um, I always like got to get a couple blinds. Get you a blind for uh, Maddie where she can uh, you put a little heater in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have a shooting house and everything, and you can goof around without scaring the deer. The um, we have a we have a shooting house, but it's not in a good spot anymore because the all houses are shooting houses if you live in the country. (laughs) Yeah, true. But uh, the farmer didn't let me plant the food plot, or the yeah, the food plot in front of it this year. So it's not. No, you planted, you planted the crops there, or what? No, it's in CRP, and the the state or whatever was going to come and inspect it, and it was making him nervous. Even though it was, you could have food plots in it, but he he wanted to have it clean because he he didn't know for sure if the he was going to take it in or out or keep it in and all this stuff. So he's like, "You better just not plant it." I'm like, "That's fine." Not my property. It's it is what it is. But I still have my clover. Next year, he just doesn't want to do it no more. No, he's he's putting it in crops next year. So that, yeah, all that CRP field that you hunted that one uh, sit is. It was nice. It was kind of diverse because the whole that whole huge property is crops. Otherwise, it's going to be even more now. But um, ah, it is what it is. It's still still a decent place to go hunting. That is private, you know. So. Um, I mean, there's a, another guy that can hunt it too, but, um, him and his son hunt, but it's still, no, still I pretty lucky. You, uh, I had that, uh, nice buck on the other side of the fence, kept walking by and then, uh, I leave and you just go over there and ask the guy says, yeah, you can hunt over there all you want. Yeah. He gave me permission. That was, that was, that was the, that was the next year. That wasn't like, it wasn't like it was the next day. I'm like, I'm going to go kill that deer. Felt like for me. I was like, what? I just gave me permission. Uh, that's funny anyway ohio was good um yeah it it was good because i like i gave me a lot i mean i always have like inner confidence in myself and all all that but like it it really i I really got on deer quick uh that trip i mean that second second evening i could have you know i almost killed one so it was a it was a fun trip whenever things are clicking for you like that Sometimes you get to a spot and you're just like, I have no idea what's going on. But this time it was, uh, you know, uh, it was good. You burnt out on hunting now? No. No, of course not. Should have got up here for gun season. Throw you yeah, all in the swamp. Send you up to the <laughs> big bucks. <laughs> I would like to come up there one year and gun hunt. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, but you're um, coming off with a lot of hunts in a row. You probably need a break. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, later. I just got back from Ohio Tuesday. I mean, right. I can't, I can't just turn around and leave again Friday, you know? Um, you know, when it's your job. Yeah, I know, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been working pretty hard this year. So yeah, you have, you've been doing great. Yeah. I have been tossing around the idea, which I haven't ran this by Maddie yet. She maybe, I mean, I may be running it by her right now, but uh, I thought about Illinois, season doesn't go out to january 15th i think it'd be cool to go there 
Illinois for, got some giant bucks down, you know, in some of those areas. Yeah. Too. But like after Christmas and like after New Year's, maybe going to hunt that last couple of weeks of season there sometime. Yeah, won't run into anybody else down there at that time frame. I know. It's not that far from my house either. We could maybe uh, plan some uh, hunt too for late, like uh, like the UP or something. Yeah, just saying. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you, you may look into that a little more because I was talking to some Michiganers today, and uh, they were saying like pretty much from November fifteenth on is like gun seasons in. Like there's gun seasons yeah, all the water season. Yeah. But then there's now like a doe season two, and I don't know. And that's all different. UP has different rules than. I gotta look into it anyways because I got a family trip I gotta do. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but it's just <laughs> a few days. What are you guys doing? I, don't know, I got roped into that. Something with my uh, daughter and grandkids were going to some uh, water park or some crap. Oh, well, that'd be fun, though. You'll like it. You, you might like so. that. I don't know. <laughs> You, how many you guys have one grandkid no you have more than that don't you yeah we've got um three grandkids two with my daughter and one with my uh, youngest boy yeah i thought you had a few anyway ah it'll be good um yeah i don't think whenever you're on your deathbed you'll care about uh a couple hunts that you're gonna miss for it so um anyway how long has it been since you've been on a family vacation or a getaway? That ain't really a family vacation, but uh, yeah, that's, that's true. We haven't done nothing in a long time. Carol's been yeah. sick long and stuff, and now she's got like four million cats, and you got four <laughs> cats and stuff whenever she. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that with you guys with all your animals. Yeah, so last time we went on a trip, we went to um, we went out west, mm -hmm. and uh, we went to. Uh, a bear park in uh, Minnesota. And we went to the Black Hills, and we went to. Um, yeah. Uh, we went to a bunch of. Oh, we went to um, Sturgis, and we went mm -hmm. to uh, Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. We did all that in like three days. <laughs> that didn't sound <laughs> like much fun. It was. It was like a lot of driving. Yeah, we we did that this year. I mean, we we did like ten days, but. Uh, we went out west, so I'd like some to of those do trips and stuff, but Carol, Carol just can't get out and do anything. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, people are probably tired of us talking about family trips and whatnot. So, um. Anyway, let's uh want to do some Q and A stuff, Dan. We got quite a few comments, so sure. All right, let's do it. I'll let me get to this question from Zeke Outdoors, and I'll put the link to get on the show in the comments here. Zeke Outdoors says, are there um, areas that are heavily deer-drived? Should I leave them alone or bow hunt them right away? He must be just a bow hunter. Mm. Well, if you know of a big buck in them, I would, I would hunt them right away as fast as possible. However, Generally, I would think that uh, areas that get hit hard, the actual spots that get hit hard, I probably don't have too much for older bucks in them. Um, it's possible, though. But uh, 
probably look for the overlooked spots that they're not hitting or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It it'd be uh it'd be hard for me to sit somewhere that there's been fifteen guys do a deer drive through, but you you mean after the drives? After the drives are over, I wouldn't go sit them. I'd have yeah. no use for them. That's kind of what I'm that spot was driven. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like uh, here, after uh, after gun season is over, towards the end of the week, um, you generally find me in uh, either overlook spots right next to the road that nobody drives because they're wet, or you find me very, very, very remote, way yeah. away from the road. Because nobody's going to walk their whole entire crew out to do drives in the middle of a giant, you know, swamp that's three miles across. Yeah, you got to find where those bucks go after they've been pushed out of the on the deer drive. All right, uh, newbie outside says, um, Dan, how do you think the snowfall affects the deer movement here in Southwest Wisconsin? My cameras on a hot scrape went dead because of snow. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm still seeing deer on the cameras, and I'm still seeing deer. I was out tonight. I had three three bucks cruise past me, so I don't think it's affecting them a lot. Um, matter of fact, when it's snowing, I see a lot of movement. It's like they don't like laying in it, especially the first snows. It's like it kind of freaks them out when that stuff's landing on them, burying them. They get up and move yeah. real well during the snow, no matter what time of day it is. But uh, um, where snow hurts you the most at this time of the year is um, gun hunters get into everything when there's snow. You, you yeah. know, like, um, the marsh behind my house, the guys are pretty good about staying up on hills and filling up all the wood lots and it look like a pumpkin patch and they stay out of the swamps. I'll go out on islands and stuff and I'll be able to see a square mile and I can't see another hunter. Um, but when there's snow, they'll see the tracks go down those trails and stuff and they'll just follow them. Even if they're old tracks, they'll be like, Oh, a deer go in there. And you'll start seeing people showing up all over inside of those swamps and marshes and stuff. And they won't be so scared about getting lost because they can follow their tracks back out and things like that. And you just see a lot more people out into the spots where you normally don't see, see people in the snow. So um, they kill a lot more deer in the snow too. They see better and, uh, it has an impact on the on the uh, on the deer. Yep. And your camera, uh, your camera being on a hot scrape went dead. It, it may be because that, you know, they're not working those scrapes right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if they're on a doe or something, or there's if they're, you know, if there's a doe in heat around that scrape or something, they don't have any use for it anymore. You know, they're probably up that doe's butt. You know. Yeah, um, I'm seeing can, can, I'm still seeing fresh scrapes, but they're here and there. Yeah, and they are not like what they were. Yeah, three and weeks late. Ago. Yeah, in late October. Yeah, uh, that may be why you're you're not seeing much activity on that camera over the hot scrape. Um, let's see here. I think I know. I know your answer for this, Dan. But uh, on a small, he says, Chris says, on a small private piece, sixty acres, uh, you keep seeing deer come from one place. Would you push into it or sit back and just put more time in the stand? Is there any time I'm not aggressive? Yeah. If you, you can, you know, if you sit back, you just be sitting back and uh, educating them, watching them, and never killing them and wasting your season. Yeah. You go in there, you make your move, do or die, and you either kill them or you don't. And it doesn't mean you make a sloppy move. 
you got the wind right, you get the timing right, you move in for the kill. And if you don't kill them, which you probably won't, I mean, most of our hunts are unsuccessful. You move on to the next one. You just let it cool down a little bit. Maybe they come back, you know, in there and start working it again. And maybe they don't. But um, you just got to make your best moves. You got to go in for the um, for the money shot right away. What yep. do you think, Josh? Oh, I completely agree. I think any, like, there's a lot of people that don't hunt public land. You know, a lot of people have their private farms that they hunt and this and that. I still think having a, a you know, beast standing sticks or a mobile setup is like, a key tool, even if you're on, you know, a big piece of private or 20 acres of private, Absolutely. like, um, my cousin, he, he owns like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's like 40 acres. And he was texting me yesterday about, you know, he's like, so how much can I get one of those beast stands for? He he's, he's thinking about it now. Cause he's, uh, he's this year seen a lot of bucks that he could, uh, you know, moved on. They didn't have permanent stands up or whatever the case may be. So, they have a knack. You know, when, when you get a mature buck on your property, they have a knack for figuring out where you go. Yep. And they will show up wherever you don't. And when that happens, you have to bust a move. You have to make your way over there and make a hunt out of it. And you have to do it without that buck knowing you're moving in there, knowing you're setting up that stand. You can't go in there with a chainsaw. And you have to go in there, slide in there with something mobile, get set up quiet. And kill him when he pops out and that's how i kill most of the really big stuff i kill on private it's with a mobile setup i and, but most of my hunts are out of permanent stands you know you got stand or maybe not permanent stands but permanent positions spots that i always right. go but uh the biggest bucks always tend to be not always but most of the time tend to be the mobile moves yeah yep um, Even yourself. I mean, look, look, look at Ohio. Um, now you got in there, you did a couple hunts in an area. It's not working. You move. You know, yeah. how many guys will just sit on the same hill all week and have the mentality of eventually one will show up and they'll get their share of deer, but you're killing four of them in a year. They're killing one every couple of years. Yeah. You know, that's the difference that, that mobile mindset of just moving and constantly going in for the kill and not sitting back is what kills them. You know, I, I'll do, and people will confuse it. I'll do those, um, you, you know, observation sits and stuff, but that doesn't mean I'm, you, you know, kind of close. I'm either way back where those deer will have no idea I'm watching them or I'm right in for the kill. One or the other. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Chris, I don't, you know, I don't know what your property is and it's like, you know, there's, there's really a couple ways to, to kill deer. And that's like, kind of how me and Dan do it. We're, we're real mobile and, or it's like, I don't know, maybe you have a really nice piece of property that, you know, you and your neighbors are in agreements and you may be able to sit back a little longer than what, you know, I can, uh, on certain properties. Um, but that's what I would do. I would move, especially if he's consistently coming out in an area, you know, that you've got him patterned kind of thing. The private properties are good for putting a camera in there and, and, uh, just sitting back and waiting for exact timing. Yeah. Yep. Because you don't have to worry about anybody else getting in there and messing it up, you know? Right. 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 All right. Here's a good one. Tips to, for staying warm. I lost a lot of weight a few years uh, ago when I'm freezing in compares to the yesteryears. 
Um, I think uh, um, getting used to the cold is, is a good thing. Um, if you spend too much time in a truck with your heater on and your house and all that stuff, the cold hits you harder. Um, I try not to overdress. I try to go out and do things underdressed and shiver a little bit so I get used to it. And then I get, uh, I've got some good clothing for uh, cold weather. It sure makes a difference. Um, uh, Mitch from Venato um, gave me a, a heated suit. Um, he don't mm -hmm. sell anymore, but that suit. Well, it's not heated, but I mean, just a, a warm suit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it really ain't that heavy or big or bulky or anything. It's just the way it's built. It's a very expensive one, but mm -hmm. and that thing's worth its weight in gold. I put that on. I'm warm. If I, I can put on all the jackets and hoodies and crap I want, and freeze. Yeah, but that thing just keeps me warm. Yeah, I think like uh, I mean, you kind of hit. The, yeah, good boots. Uh, you hit the nail on the head though. Like when you said expensive, like that's something. If you want to stay warm, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money on a mm -hmm. a good set of bibs. Whether that be like you know something from any of those, you know, Sitka or, or I don't, well, the one you got, it's not made anymore, but there's some, some pretty good stuff, but it's also expensive. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, I bought, a, and this is more for cold, cold stuff. Like whenever it was negative 20, I bought one of those. IWAM, which I know you're not a fan of those, Dan. I freaking nope. love that thing. Um, but I also got it in a predator camo pattern isn't it's real open like the patterns real open because the yeah. suits are real real bulky um but i i mean i had those eight does all around me during late season and um in wisconsin up there in, in it and they didn't seem to notice me until they you know smelled me underneath my tree yeah. but and really that that weather up there should hit you harder than me because you're, you're not used to it it's a lot warmer yeah. Where you're from. yeah but that thing i would uh i'd put it on and i would take a hand warmer and throw it in the bottom and it'd keep everything warm something else that's nice is i don't know if you have you have you ever used a heated vest dan yeah mm -hmm. those are pretty nice for staying warm yeah but it's uh, a good one i mean some cheap ones uh yeah fail sometimes or you can't even tell they're on um yeah, yeah i've got uh, uh milwaukee tool gave me a couple mm -hmm. yeah and, uh, those work pretty well and um i got uh I got some from Tide Wee when I worked with them, and those were nice. Yep. Yeah, I can't remember what brand mine is, but it's it's a pretty good one. The only, only thing I mean is I'm, I'm really bad about getting things charged up and stuff and having them ready and stuff, and then, yeah, you know, oh, damn, it ain't charged again. Yeah. Uh, what else was I going to do? My big thing is keeping my hands warm. I hate when my hands get cold, so I, I always wear a, a muff, one of those muffs or whatever, and I put a uh, – hand warmer in that thing and keep my hands warm because i don't like wearing gloves um yeah, sometimes you have to yeah sometimes you have to but oh uh, i can wear a glove on my uh bow hand but my release hand i can't have a glove on yeah I exactly yeah all right let's see here dan and josh this is about deer drive so this is going to be a dan answer <laughs> how does wind affect your setups and positions for drives and standards um, that's a good that's a good question um yeah so um i never want to get upwind of deer until there are people set up downwind 
So on occasion, we'll put the, the, the drivers in first and then the standers or vice versa based on the wind. Um, so I, I don't want anybody upwind of the deer until the people downwind are ready, whether they're the standers or the drivers, if you can understand that. So um, then when we jump deer, uh, little bucks scatter, little deer scatter. Big bucks, like mature animals, tend to, um, the majority of the time, run either straight downwind or straight upwind. So I tend to um, try to place uh, people I want to be successful in those positions for upwind or downwind. There's a there's one one drive we do where the, the west wind blows into it. You know, it's usually some sort of westerly wind, but all the sign goes out to the, um, you know, to two different directions. And I'll always sit in that spot that's got no sign, and that's where I always have success. I always go, oh, I'll just sit here where nothing comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and I always shoot them when they scatter because, um, it seems to me that they want to either smell who's following them or smell who's in front of them. Mm -hmm. They use the wind when they're, um, when they're in turmoil, when they're trying to escape, they either, uh, um, like will sneak with the, uh, wind to their back while they're, they're, they're peeking ahead of them where they'll, uh, um, you, you know, run into the wind where they can smell if you're ahead of them. But, uh, they tend to use the wind a lot, especially the older older bucks. How often does uh, your guys' uh, walkers get shots at deer? Um, not as often, um, but it happens. And the reason it doesn't happen as often as to maybe to other people is because we're in such dense cover that they yeah. they really can't shoot. Right. Um, in a lot of cases, like when we're in cattails, it's hard to shoot when you don't know where the next guy is. Yeah. You know, um, that's one of the reasons I like that new um, hunt stand app. Mm -hmm. um, on their app, uh, now me getting everybody in our group to get the damn app is going to be difficult. But, <laughs> um, unless I pay for it. But uh, that app will show you where everybody in your group is at all times. So, you yeah. know, you that blue dot on uh, Onyx that shows you where mm -hmm. you're at. Mm -hmm. You can have everybody in your group on the hunt stand you can see where they're at so um you can uh okay. keep track to people um that doesn't mean that you can start taking iffy, iffy shots but it's it's it does it does help with keeping people in a line and and um knowing where people are at yeah that is a pretty good tool especially for deer drives um all right what would you get <clears throat> what would be your guys's approach on hunting small blocks of timber? Most of the places I hunt uh, and places around it are small chunks under 10 acres. For bow hunting, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm going to assume for bow hunting. Chunk. Yeah. I, I, he's probably talking about bow hunting. You know, you got to be careful with the small blocks, how you enter them and stuff like that. I mean, uh, small square blocks, you're bedding them a little different. I mean, if they got inter internal edges, great. 
But if you're just blocks of standing timber that's pretty uh, contagious of the same stuff, they will tend to bed to the downwind side. They'll watch the opening with the wind to their back and they'll smell the woods. And uh, when they do that, most people will, will tend to want to hunt from the downwind side so that their wind don't blow in the woods and they don't realize they're walking in on the days that the bucks are watching them. So they bet, they, they bet on edge, you know. So you do have to be careful about how you go about that. I would tend to um, hunt those smaller blocks more often when the wind is to the deer's advantage, not mine, because that'll put them on the other side of the block, and I'll use an angle of the wind or a crosswind or something to hunt them when they come back through to where they're headed to the food or whatever. Um, like a lot of guys will put a, um, you know, cameras on the edge of those woods, and they'll watch that deer come out all the time. And, you know, what they're not realizing is that deer, when they're waiting for that wind, they go in there when the wind is right for them that deer's right there uh watching them you know yeah something else to like think about on small properties is uh if you're talking under 10 acres like you got to make sure you're on the right property too because you can have a 10 acre piece that's not going to hold deer you know mm-hmm. um i don't know how you know i don't know your your story there jesse but um if you have access to many of them you want to make sure you're on the right um, one. On the right one, yeah. I tend to like to sit back and watch them once, too, and just see what comes out. Because when you go in there, you kind of taint them for a while. But if you just watch them, you see what happens. You see how the deer come out. Like, if the, like if you think they're bedding on the downwind side and you're having a hard time accessing that, just watching them once, they'll, they'll let their flaws come out. They're like, oh, look where he's going. Look what he's doing. Oh, I could do this or I could do that or I could get into this gap here and I could get under this hill. He wouldn't be able to see me. And maybe I can only get a few feet off the ground, but I could get right there. So you sit back and you watch them. And, and um, particular deer, deer will have a tendency to come out and do the same things the next day they come out. Yeah. So just like when you when you walk through a woodlot, you know, um, when you enter a woods and you walk through, you tend to take the same trail you did the last time when you go through that section. Yeah. Not every deer will do that. Not every person that goes through that woods will walk through the same spot either. You do because that's the way you learn to go through that woods. And deer will have the same kind of tendency to go through a piece of cover the same way the next time they go through it. So if you sit back and watch them and observe them a time or two, it, it that can be pretty helpful. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a good question because some of the bucks are pretty ready still how how close do you think a buck is if he can hear if you can hear him grunt but can't see him assuming a little to no wind it's a pretty damn close yeah yeah i i've rarely heard a deer like do one of those like real loud grunts they're usually kind of under their breath grunting kind of thing you know so um i don't know I think if you if you can hear him grunt, you probably ought to get ready. <laughs> yeah, I heard a grunt tonight, and oh, uh, did you? Uh, yeah, I could. It was barely audible, and about ten seconds later, I could see the deer, and he was twenty five yards from me. And I, I yep. think he was probably close to twenty five yards when I heard him, but I barely heard it. And even even at that, being able to hear it, I was questioning myself: Was it a grunt? You know, they're yeah, pretty soft. You know, yeah. Uh, there was a, a buck that grunted coming in when I was sitting in Ohio, just a small one, and uh, it 
it was very soft at like, you know, he was probably about 30 yards from me and I could just barely hear him grunting. So, um, but then again, go ahead. It depends on the time of the day and what's going on too. Just like turkey hunting. I mean, uh, uh, think about how loud a turkey is and we'd be sitting in the blind. You can hear the turkeys gobble on the other side of a big field, you know? And then, uh, during the day, like a, a hour or two after sunrise, the turkeys are coming in and they're halfway to you a lot closer than they were. And you can see them and you see them go, but you can't hear a thing. Yeah. You know, and you're thinking, Holy cow. You know, um, so it's a lot of it has to do with what's going on. I mean, if it's dead, quiet, drop a pin and hear it, you might be able to hear them for 40 or 50 yards, maybe. But, uh, I don't think you're hearing much more than that with a regular grunt. Yeah. Um, I, have you ever heard a deer do like a, they call it like a roar or anything like that, Dan, where they really get, uh, loud. Um, not that I can recall. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, I've seen video of it and stuff, but um, I've heard them snort wheeze before. Yeah, they're close. They're close if you can hear them do that. But um, here's kind of a unique question: Have you ever set up on a spot because you could smell a rutting buck and there was no scrapes around? You could find, uh, you could smell him. What do you think? I can't say I've ever actually done that. I've definitely been, I've definitely walked through areas and like, oh man, it's, it smells like deer right here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could also say the exact same thing. I, I've never set up on it because of that, but I have, uh, especially like in cattails where it gets contained. I've gone down a trail and you know a rutting buck went down it because you can smell it. But um, I've smelt them from upwind or I mean downwind. Um, where you know that there there's a buck around that's in rut and then see it later. Um, but that ain't too often, but every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys ever been elk hunting, you can smell elk from forever. Like they smell bad. Um, but anyway, if you've ever, smelled, if you've ever hunted with Ricky, <laughs> <laughs> you also don't know. Just kidding. I probably smell worse than him. Yeah, probably pretty clean you also don't know like there could have been there could have been some jack wagon walking through there earlier spraying some aerosol tink 69 in the air or something like i don't know when Um, i used to uh um many years ago probably like 30 plus years ago whatever i used to uh work with um buck masters a little i used to go sit in their booths and work for them yeah to give away uh tinks with a membership if you got a membership yeah yeah and uh, I had cases of that stuff sitting around, and uh, it was going to expire. And I, uh, I, I gave it to this guy I hunted with who was a little bit uh, of a novice. Yeah. And uh, he took his hunting suit, unbeknownst to me, and he took like a whole case of these bottles, that he had, like twenty-five bottles, and poured it all over his suit to make his suit smell like a going rut because he thought the bucks would come running. And he oh, reeks no. over. He could never get that smell out of all of his stuff. It was because he had it in his car and his. Yeah. He got <laughs> dopey after that. Have you ever used scents or anything like that, Dan? Like even when you were younger? 
I tried it when I was younger, and I actually yeah. even had some success with it. I can remember uh, um, a real nice 10 coming into a, a doe drag. Um, I remember it following it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, and thinking it was pr probably because I put the scent down over there and I drag it this way, and it's probably getting weaker. Yeah. I don't know if that was actually why, but followed it the wrong way. Makes and sense. I had to, uh, I called a buck into rattling once, a pretty big buck, and uh, I had a, a bottle of. Uh, Dope pee out and it ran right to the bottle from downwind. Hmm. Ran ran right to it, put its nose to it, and then blew and took off running like a rocket. <laughs> I never got yeah. a shot. But, uh, <laughs> um, that's about the uh, extent of it. Most of the time, um, it didn't work, or uh, or the deer were real leery of it or spooky. Yeah. Um, I don't really think you can put uh, deer scent in a bottle and fool them too much. I mean, you can fool any deer if a buck is worked up enough. Right. I mean, you'd, you can almost you walk up to them sometimes, right. you know? Yep, exactly. If they're in the right mood, you can, you can fool them. But yeah. uh, for me, uh, personally, um, I found that my thrill is from outsmarting them. Yeah. From, um, Figuring out where they're going to bed, where they're going to feed, or where they're going to go to breed, or whatever they're going to do, and trying to put myself in the one tree you can be in to kill them. And um, when you do that with a buck that you're targeting, that's uh, um, that's the pinnacle of success in in what we do. Um, that's not everybody hunting. That's not everybody's thing. You know, some people love the the buck that just comes running in with steam running out of his nose to decoy or something. Mm -hmm. That's not me. Uh, to me, that would take away from the hunt. It's not my type of hunt. Right. Uh, some people like the um, camaraderie and just want to rotate through stands. And if a deer comes in, they shoot it. Some people are meat hunters. Um, for me, it's about picking an animal and hunting him down and uh, having success doing that. Um, and success doesn't have to be a kill, but to have encounters doing that, I think, uh, I think that's my style of hunting and, uh, the trickery, the sense, the, um, trying to make yourself invisible or, um, have no order. You know, that just seems weird. It just doesn't seem like that's hunting. That's not beating a deer that's tricking him and not yeah. saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's not my style. It's just not the way I enjoy hunting. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever put out scent uh, before, other than like some mock scrapes and stuff. But I never like hunt, you know, put out something for the rut or anything like that. Um, definitely haven't had it work if I if I did do it when I was younger. Did you ever rattle one on? Yeah, nothing. I, I I two years ago I rattled in like a pretty decent buck. Um, but couldn't get a shot at him. And I used, I actually, I've had better luck with like real antlers, I guess. Also like a very, it's a very small, uh, pool of information on my rattling career. But, uh, that's, that's the time I did rattle, uh, deer is with a set of real antlers. And I wasn't like banging them together real hard. It was more like kind of a, you know, softer thing, nothing crazy. Um, here we go. This is a question I get a lot uh, recently because we started to use the Lathrop and Sun boots. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. What boots do you guys wear for long walks? The rubber boots are nice, but really aren't comfortable. Yeah. Me and Dan both ha- got a pair of Lathrop and Sons. They're like a, a company out of Illinois. And we're going to have them on at some point in time to talk about them because we've gotten so I've gotten a bunch of messages about what the, the brand is and what they're about. But essentially, they're uh, a, a father and uh, two sons that are foot doctors in Illinois, and they created these hunting boots. Um, and they're they're what you would think of as like a Western hunting boot, but they're super nice. I like them a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of options, but those are those are a good option if you're looking at looking to buy some hiking hiking boots. You know, it'd be you know, it'd be nice, Josh, if if um, you know, everybody always wants to know about our equipment, but I always feel weird putting that in my hunting videos. Yeah, it'd be nice to just do a, a like a, a video at the end of the season. I do one, and you do one, because we use a little bit different stuff. Yeah, and, uh, just every, to, everything uh, we use. Break down what we do when we go, you know, what we have and what we use and stuff. Um, we, we, you know, a higher quality of video of doing that. I think that would be good. Yeah, people. I mean, uh, I probably almost get as many uh, equipment questions as I do like strategy or. And, that, and that's the only reason I bring it up is because a lot of yeah. people. Ask, equipment and it really is part of the strategy is what you're using and stuff but uh you know i don't i don't like every time i'm doing a video I'd like yeah. to go you know this is what yeah. i'm using blah, 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 you know? and, yeah and we also don't like to be like uh you know we don't want to get the feeling of you know this uh this buck was killed with my my rage two blade right. expandable and my you know my hoyt right. yeah right. yeah so exactly uh but it would be nice to just break down the equipment and, and yeah. want to see it. Yeah. And I think put it in the yeah. title so that you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Right. And I think we get a lot of equipment questions on uh, what we wear, what we do. And yeah. Um, and I think everything we use is something that like, I, at least for, for me, it's like I've used it for quite a while now and it's not because of someone gave us a whole bunch of crap like we've all we all use stuff because we like it not to say we get we get free stuff from time to time but it's always from people that we've worked with or used in the past for the most part um let's see here dan i'm at the end of our questions really add more yep which we've been on here for an hour and 21 minutes so it's a pretty Mm -hmm. normal actually length but anyway no no call-ins today i have I have gotten a lot of complaints about us going at nine instead of eight, so we may have to change it um, at some point in time. Come on, folks. It's hunting season, man. You got to <laughs> drag my ass out of the woods. I was back over a mile tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can get Dana, on the now that we got daylight savings. Yeah, savings, so he, uh, be a, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be a big savings. deal. For sure, they stole it from us. I know, right? Stole an hour. Right. There are some uh, questions. I don't. You can answer them or not. But some people are asking about what camera arm we use. Uh, so I've designed a camera arm um, that um, all of us are using. Everybody in the group, and we all love the hell out of it. Um, mm-hmm. At least uh, they tell me that. Maybe they're kissing my ass. I don't know. But uh, I'm just tweaking it a little bit and. Uh, redrawn just um just 
trying to not, I don't want to use the word fix because it works great. I think it's better than anything that's out there, but I want to tweak it and make it a little better on a couple of things that I, that I found uh, some slight issues with. And um, I'm trying to get the design done, but the trouble is all I do is hunt. I don't work. So, so I'm not, I'm not having too much success with it. As a matter of fact, today I got into to work really early and I got a lot done on them. So, Oh, cool. So I, yeah, I just had this prototype done, this last prototype. Try that, see how that works. But I'm I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that that's the one we're going to sell. So cool. that's where I'm at. Yeah. And you'll probably, I don't know, it's hard to hide your camera arm in a, you know, all the time in the I just in gave the up. Thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I noticed you gave yeah. up, so I gave up. <laughs> but I, uh, if you guys see mine, like I have a, a pretty big one that's probably bigger than what uh, I have one that's really big that's probably bigger than the one that you guys will come out with. But then I also used a small one too that's probably smaller than uh, what we could. So I've had a couple of different prototypes I've been using. Uh, I like the big ones. I, mm -hmm. I I quit using the small one. But. Me too. I mean, everybody wants the small ones, and then when they get them, they want the big one. So yeah. you guys still got to remember me and Dan are doing this like for lack of a better word, like professionally, like we're trying to make good stuff. So a bigger one is more stable and we hang our bows on it and all that kind of stuff. Which, so. uh, while we're talking about professional, I should address all the comments I'm getting about, uh, using a $12 camera. Oh, uh, <laughs> my, my camera is the same camera Josh is using. It's just that mine has been it's broken sounded <laughs> like 10 times. It's been dropped out of trees and kicked and, lost and i had to go through the woods and find it a few times because i get home and i don't have it i'm just a little less uh nice to my camera gear than uh josh is so yeah i, I keep mine in the back and the end of the year and then by the end of the next year people will be saying that that new one is a problem it is not a 12 dollar camera it's one that uh has been abused greatly so it's got carrot yeah. not a 12 dollar camera <laughs> You need to get you one of those GoPros like I have. I, do, big, yeah. those, those I, I think I'm going, buy a, I'm going to buy a new professional camera and I'm going to buy a GoPro setup like uh, like yours. And yeah, you'll and you'll really like it. It's, I just don't it's, buy that stuff during hunting season. I just don't have I time. For crap. Yeah, they're bomb proof too. Like you can, I mean, I, that's why I used to. Really like GoPros because uh, I hate taking my camera out in the rain, and that's what's really ruined it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I. Um, I tried making containers for them and I put hats over them and stuff and they just mm -hmm. get soaked. And matter of fact, my camera right now is disassembled and sitting on the, uh, the counter in my kitchen because it was, uh, having all kinds of weird colors coming on after I got it soaked tonight and, uh, half rain, half snow. So that's a typical yeah. hunt for me. Um, GoPros like are pretty much waterproof. So I gotta are. go more with that and I don't really zoom in much anyway. So, no, and they they have a nice wide angle, so like whenever you're, you know, we're we're not going to see Dan his like face like this this close to the camera when he talks. It has a has a nice wide angle. People like that, <laughs> do they? Yeah. See, you, I think you got like four people that might like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's good though. Five. There's one guy that said yeah. maybe he's iffy, so five. Yeah, whenever you uh, whenever you want to get all that stuff, let me know because I can help you. Uh, there's a there's a question on here I'm not going to answer. The uh, Brent he asked, uh, "What shifts are you making for late season?" That may be something we should do, Dan. Like have a dedicated. 
when we don't have a deer kill to talk about, maybe you have a dedicated podcast before late season gets here about like shifts to make during late season. So we'll try to do that like before late season starts. Cause I know sometimes we are like a day late in dollar. Started. I mean, sometimes once you get into it, you have a little better Intel on it, but, um, but we can do both do we can we'll be talking as we go into late season two i guess yeah exactly maybe in a couple of weeks we'll touch base after gun season's over yeah um so anyway you already get off here we've been on here for an hour and a half now so i am more than ready i've been dying to get a night of sleep yeah i hear you you don't have to get up tomorrow for work right correct i have tomorrow off and the next week off and oh you took all week next week off huh yeah so if you shot a buck with your gun, could you grab your bow and start bow hunting then? And shoot a uh, buck? Yeah, I could. Uh, okay. Or I could just keep gun hunting because uh, you can party hunt. So as long as I have people around me that are have tags, I can continue to hunt. Oh, 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 okay. I forgot about that. Never mind. I'm not used to that. We can't do so that. So gener- generally when we're party hunting uh, in Wisconsin, as long as I'm hunting with a group, um, if I shoot a buck, generally there's people in the group that uh, want meat and want to tag a deer, I try to save my tag for muzzleloader season so that I have a tag throughout that. So uh, an extra tag for that whole, I mean, you guys only get one tag. So I'm sure you can understand that if I can have a way of keeping a tag, I'm going to keep it as long as possible. Oh yeah. Can, can, uh, is your muzzleloader tag the same as your rifle tag? Is that the all one tag? Mm -hmm. So then I can, another 10 or another nine days or whatever it is, I can either bow hunt or hunt with a muzzle loader. So. Gotcha. All right. Let's get off here. Go All to right. bed. Everybody. Thanks for hopping on tonight and we'll see you next week. See you, everybody. See ya. <laughs>